Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. Zeynep Yenisei is a magazine writer, a friend of mine, and she has thoughts on so much. Her story is next. First, let's talk about American founding father and second president of the United States, John Adams. He and his wife, Abigail, wrote some treasured letters to each other during their life. And John also wrote some amazing correspondence with fellow founder Thomas Jefferson. If you ever get a chance to read their perspective on the early days of the Republic, all three I'm talking about, uh, both John, Abigail, and Thomas Jefferson, their correspondence is absolutely worth your time in understanding the perspectives early in the Republic. The Adams were the first to live in the White House. Uh, it was still in construction while they were there, and they only lived in it for about four months before uh, John Adams' election loss of 1800 forced him to move out pretty quickly. But um, it's a little different today than it was uh, in 1800 and 1801, that's for sure. A uh, lot, lot more creature comforts, I'd say. If you're lounging around your own house, huh, and you need a brew with the perfect mix of some cardamom and nutmeg, well, the John Adams blend from American Pride Roasters Coffee is just the blend for you. Now is a good time as any to try APR Coffee. And if the Adams blend isn't one that you're interested in, go take a look at the website. There's so many to, to check out the description, see which ones fit you perfectly. The Calvin Coolidge and the peanut butter infused George Washington Carver blends. Those are my two favorite uh, blends far and away. I love them both. Uh, there's so many to choose from at aprcoffee.com. And when you head over there, uh, be sure to use promo code ATM. That's going to get you 10% off your entire purchase. Enjoy that fresh, flavorful roast that arrived quickly in the mail. Head over to aprcoffee.com, promo code ATM. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Zeynep Yenisei is this week's guest on At The Mic. She's a writer who isn't afraid to be outspoken. And in our conversation today, she shares a story that's very personal to her, and I'm grateful she took the time to share it with us. And she, by the way, she has thoughts on the sinking of the Titanic and what may have really happened in the North Atlantic over a century ago. Oh, yeah, we got some conspiracy talk today. I don't want to delay any longer. So here's our conversation with Zeynep Yenisei on this week's edition of At The Mic. Joined by my friend Zeynep Yenisei. I got it? Yes. Okay, cool. You got it. Such a unique name. And I, I'm partial to the letter Z uh, because all of my children have Zs in their names. The The first two were just by chance. And so the, the third one, we're like, we're making sure that... that that the third kid has a Z. Uh, you don't get a lot of Z names, Zay. No, Z names are the best. So I don't know why more people don't use Zs. Right? I mean, and they're unique. Very cool. So you are, you're a writer. I mean, that's what you do. Um, you've written some interesting articles over the years, and that's kind of your background, but not really your main gig is that right is that accurate okay well it used to be my main job like my only job i was like full-time at maxim i started out as a writer and then kind of moved into doing more of the like editing stuff mm -hmm. and i was on maxim.com like only doing stuff for digital and then i moved over to the print side which has been cool but i'm okay well let me say this Maxim is cool because they're like the only still strongly heterosexual men's magazine. It's like the only one left where it's like, we love hot women. Men are supposed to be manly. It's like that stuff. It's like the only one left. I mean, if you look at GQ, they put um, men in skirts on the cover now. Oh. And it's just so gross. And same with Esquire. <laughs> It's like, I would hate to work for them. It's so right. awful. Yeah, see, and your background, you went to college for psychology and neuroscience. Yep. So how, how did you get from that world into the world of writing for a men's magazine? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite the job. Um, 
<laughs> I I really wanted to be a doctor. Like I was about to get my MD PhD and I was applying to like labs and programs in Norway because oh, wow. there was this one lab that I really wanted to work at. And before committing to that, because I was kind of like, and this is a lot of school and stuff. My friend was interning at Maxim and he was like, yeah, you'd be pretty good at this. Why don't you try it? So I applied and they admitted that the only reason they hired me as an intern was one, I'm a girl and they only had like guys. They wanted more <laughs> girls. And two, because I was going to NYU and they're like, yeah, NYU is good. Sure. And I had no idea what I was doing. I literally walked in on my first day and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm here. And <laughs> Way to introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And the thing with Maxim, they literally showed me to my desk and there was an intern closet. They literally turned a storage closet into a small intern office. So they, they put me in my closet and they just left. They left me alone. They told me nothing. And I kind of just winged it. And I started writing something. Wow. Yeah, I, I literally taught myself what to do at Maxim. And I, I fell into place there pretty fast, though. So it sounds like your internship was the direct opposite of mine. When I was going to school at the University of Nebraska, I got an internship at a local TV station. I've told the story before where they just literally the entire semester just had me logging videotapes, VHS tapes. So I would watch old Husker games and just write down the plays as they happened so that if if that player was in the news at some point they could just go back and look at the at the computer and actually it wasn't even a computer it, I, I just i wrote it on a pad somebody else i think transferred that information to a computer they didn't let me touch a computer so anyway it sounds like just the opposite where they just kind of threw you in and said yep you're one of us and uh good luck Good luck uh, doing stuff. Whereas I was given a remedial task, they were actually just uh, entrusting you with actually writing stories with zero experience. That's fascinating. Yeah, it was wild. They were just like, go nuts. Do you think that you would ever go back for your doctorate? I mean, do you ever see yourself going back to get in the medical field? Absolutely not. <laughs> Especially <laughs> now. If I could, I would go back and give my university, my degree back. Like I hate universities now, everything about mm. them, everything they stand for, I hate it. So I would never ever go back to school. I would not want to be a doctor, at least not with this like current system. Yeah. All right, you were born in upstate New York. Correct. Uh, Binghamton. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo I love this note on the email response here. Urban Dictionary's definition of my hometown is imagine hell, then make it cold. Yep. Yeah, it's it's accurate. And <laughs> as far as I know, Binghamton was voted the most depressing city in the United States like 10 what? times. Because it's so cloudy all the time. We get like, I don't know, maybe 50 sunny days a year. And it's just cold and gray and sad. <laughs> <laughs> Way to sell it. Uh, Chamber of Commerce, Binghamton, New York. Uh, okay. But in high school, you saw an opportunity to get out of there. And you ended up spending the summers in Istanbul, Turkey. Well, I would do that throughout my entire childhood. I would. Oh, through, okay. Okay. Yeah. All throughout my childhood, um, during the school year, we'd be in upstate New York. And then for the summer, for like two and a half, three months, we'd go to Istanbul. But in high school, um, I did ninth and 10th grade in upstate New York. And then my mom thought it would be a really good idea for me and my brother to go to high school at the same school that her father went to. Gotcha. So that's the family connection then uh, yeah. to Istanbul. Okay. Well, my, my whole family is still in Istanbul. Yeah. So like everyone's from there. Okay. So you ended up going to the other side of the world, literally, for the last couple of years of high school. How was that compared to Binghamton? Oh, it was something else. Because mm. I was going to school in upstate New York. You just, it was like a 10 minute drive or something to school. But at my high school, it was, okay, first of all, it was on the Bosphorus. So it's on the water. And it used to be an old Ottoman palace. Mm. 
So it's it's like a really nice old building. And so you went to a high school that literally used to be a palace. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And and my mom, I mean, like our house was on the Asian side of Istanbul, but my school was on the European side. So wow. I would switch continents twice a day to go to that school. That is awesome. Yes. <laughs> I would wake up in Asia and then go to school in Europe and then go back home to Asia. That That is a better story than <laughs> I think it was my fifth grade teacher. Her mom used to live on the border of Maryland and Delaware. And she used to tell us that, uh, yeah, my mom would, uh, she lived in Maryland, but she hung her laundry in Delaware. <laughs> so, but uh, you have that beat. That, that's two states. You have two continents. That's awesome. And so that was a good experience then. Um, what convinced you to come back to Binghamton, or I guess back to New York, for for that matter, I guess is better stated, than to just stay there after high school? I mean, just the two years that I lived there, I felt like it was enough. Mm -hmm. I already knew what it was like because I was there every summer, but just living there, I realized it's not exactly what I want. I preferred, you know, living in America. And also, mm -hmm. my brother is one year older than me, and he went to college at NYU. Like, he started at NYU. And then I thought, well, if he's going to NYU, I want to go to NYU. So I also got into NYU. So I that was basically it. I just liked America better, and also I wanted to go, go to NYU. So when you were a kid, you wanted to be a chef. You ended up going to school, getting your bachelor's in, in science, right? And... Yet you ended up in the world of writing. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, you've covered a lot of ground. In fact, with that job with Maxim, you did a lot of traveling, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Oh, yeah. I literally traveled the world and it was awesome. That's that's so where all did you go? I mean, granted, I mean, the bar is pretty high when you literally spent every day on two continents in high school. Where all did you travel with your writing? Well, I went to Mexico, I think no less than 15 times. I went to wow. Peru. That was a really epic trip. I spent almost two weeks traveling Peru and I was everywhere. I even stayed in like deep, deep in the Amazon for a few nights. And wow. that was crazy. Where were you? sleeping you know like if oh, you're deep well, in the amazon it was a like a luxury resort but it was still you know in the amazon there was electricity for certain hours of the day and oh no <laughs> these were um individual bungalows that everyone had and at night it was like at 10 o'clock they cut off the electricity because it's with a generator <laughs> And no. you have flashlights, like, to go to the bathroom and stuff. But since it was, like, a luxury resort, um, they come down, they come in your little bungalow for, like, a turndown service, and they light candles, and they leave, like, a trail of flashlights going to the bathroom. And yeah. then since it's so deep in the Amazon, um, and granted, these are, like, bungalows, and it's just like open air, but there's a screen where the windows should be. It's it's like you're sleeping outside. And there are these howler monkeys that are screaming. And there were so many bugs. And there was oh. like a mosquito net over the bed. And there's just like bug oh. spray everywhere. How and did you sleep when you were there? Did you sleep well? Honestly, I slept great there. The bugs were way worse um, around Machu Picchu. The place I stayed, the hotel, again, it was like a luxury place, but uh -huh. it's still like kind of in a jungly place. And there were so many bugs and I'm oh. not someone who loves bugs. No. So that no. was tough. They're like in the bed and stuff. Oh, no. Even with the mosquito net going, huh? Yeah. It, it was just everywhere. Yeah. This isn't the first international experience discussed on this podcast where you hear this other part of the world described and it with all of our troubles it makes you appreciate the creature comforts of the united states 
all the more, right? Yeah, but okay, which one would you prefer to have in your house? Like a giant, nasty, like New York City cockroach or some jungle bug? How big's the jungle bug? Um, <laughs> smaller than a New York City cockroach, more colorful. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> See, don't ask me these questions. How, can I not have the experience where neither exists? Ugh, gross. Okay, By the way, fine, fine. if I had a minor league baseball team or minor league hockey team, that's a heck of a nickname. The Jungle Bugs. <laughs> that would work. Um, I like it. So you, you've been to South America, Mexico. Um, you've been overseas in uh, other parts of the world as well, right? Yeah, like Dubai, yeah. Germany, Austria, Italy. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what's your favorite place outside of the U.S. to visit then? Um, it, what was your you, best trip? My best trip. I mean, I love Peru, but I feel like I talked about that enough. I Okay, <laughs> well, I loved Venice. I went to Venice a couple times, but... Now I'm not a big fan of Italy because of everything they're doing. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Um, travel options have been severely limited yep. for many people, and uh, we'll definitely uh, get into that. I want to touch on real quick, I love how you mentioned in the email when I asked, what are some other jobs you've held? Tell me about your short stint <laughs> at Abercrombie and Fitch. Is that right? Is, is, did I get that right? I'm not hip enough. Is it just Abercrombie or is it Aber... Then it used to have two names or is it still got the two names? Yeah, it still has the two, two names. Okay, so you're just... Fitch. Gotcha. So when you answered in the email and you just put Abercrombie, you were just being hip. I oh, see. And just you. leaving out the Fitch. <laughs> okay, so you had to greet customers. This was your job. Greeting customers when they came in. Small talk, happy talk. That wasn't for you, huh? No, no. Literally, I I walked into Abercrombie to just like look around one day and their store manager, I think, he thought I would be a good addition to their little store team. And he was <laughs> like, hey, do you want to work here? And I'm a freshman in college. I'm stupid. So I said, yeah, <laughs> that sounds cool. So I started working there. It did not last long. This was like, oh, I don't know, maybe a month that I worked there. I stood <laughs> at the door and when each person walked in, I I had to say, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Wait, so hold on. That was that was the prerequisite of the job. Like you literally had to say, hey guys, what's up? Yeah, yeah. There was another thing. There was like two <laughs> little taglines that you had to say. You'd be like, hey guys, what's up? And, you know, I think you, you've probably seen it at Abercrombie and they have it at Hollister too. They have like hot shirtless guys waiting at the door some days. Really? No, I'm not familiar You've never with seen this. that? Oh yeah, it's, it's like their thing. I don't know if they still do it. Wait, what store is this? At, they do it at Abercrombie and they also do it at Hollister. At, okay, Hollister. You know what? I maybe have been into an Abercrombie, uh, I don't know, two or three times in my life. Maybe if there's like an outlet mall. I have i don't believe I've ever been in a Hollister. Are these in like Manhattan or something? Uh, these no, stores? The, these stores are everywhere. Basically any mall. Oh, you're, oh, you're saying that that this, this shirtless guy greeting stuff is at all their locations? Yeah, basically. Oh. But they... At most, like, malls and stuff, I think they only do it on certain days, like, around a holiday or something. Because I remember seeing the shirtless <laughs> guys at the mall in Binghamton. Oh, God. Were they wearing, like, Santa caps and stuff? Of course they were. <laughs> they had to have been. I don't, I don't remember, but if they were, that would be hilarious. But, yeah, they just wait at the door, these this hot shirtless guys. And I think <laughs> they have, like, girls in bikinis. Oh, God. I might I be making that up. I've not been to these places. <laughs> okay, so um, you're not married. No. But you do hope to get married and have kids someday. Yeah. Yeah. That's your, that's your big goal, right? The dating pool is terrible. <laughs> so I'm not sure when that'll happen because everyone sucks. 
But <laughs> but uh, this makes me glad that I'm not married yet because with everything going on right now, yeah, I would hate to be married to someone who does not share the same thoughts and beliefs yeah. as me. That sounds yeah. like a nightmare. This has been a defining moment in the last couple of years. This has been uh, an interesting time. And we've got a lot of ground to cover in that realm. Before we do that, though, I love that this makes me laugh. Okay, so I asked the question, do you have any hobbies? You do jigsaw puzzles. Those drive me insane. I love jigsaw puzzles. What is it about jigsaw puzzles and, and my oldest daughter... And my stepdad, I mean, they, they literally sit there and do jigsaw puzzles together. I, I walk by, if I don't see a piece that fits within three seconds, <laughs> I keep walking. How do you guys have the patience for that stuff? I don't know. It's just, it's relaxing. Oh, it's just the opposite <laughs> for me because I'm a guy who wants to, I want to accomplish stuff. And I don't feel like even with the accomplishment of finishing the puzzle, I don't feel like the time spent on it is worth the finished product. Sorry. No, no, it is. Oh, it's so fun. You just like all of the colors and the pieces and it's so nice. Do you still play this game? Because this email, this happens a lot with my guests. Like we'll get the email and then it'll take us forever to schedule a time to record. But you still play the game uh, Farming Simulator? I haven't played it in a while. Oh, that's too that's see that's sad because I wanted to ask you about one of your one of your life goals was to own a farm. Is that still accurate because I was wondering if maybe you had that goal because of of the app. Oh, I, I mean, know. I definitely still want a farm. Okay. Definitely still want it. But you're not still doing farming simulator, which now I'm interested in. Like is it a, it's an app, right? Oh, no, it's a game. Like on a computer or something? Yeah, a computer, and I played it on um, PlayStation. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, okay. I, I didn't realize that people played video games that weren't on phones. Is that still a thing then? Keith, yes. What? It is. <laughs> oh, no. In fact, I admittedly love playing video games so much that uh -oh. my computer nerd brother um, <laughs> bought me a very very nice gaming computer for my birthday so i could play video games on a nice oh, wow. computer with a big screen so, how much time do you think in a typical week you log uh playing games on the computer video games uh recently with work and stuff not too much i don't know maybe five hours see i was one of those kids growing up where all my friends would play video games I would only play sports games, sports video games, you know, football, hockey, baseball, stuff like that. I, I could never get into like the fantasy games or anything like that. But uh, I, I am listening when you talk about farming simulator. I don't know what it is, but that sounds like fun because what do you grow crops and how, do you have to battle the weather and stuff like that? Yeah, you you literally it it's so realistic. You Are there locusts buy... and stuff, too? Oh, no, no bugs, oh. no bugs. Oh. But okay. you can you have like different tractors and different. Uh, <laughs> yes, I need this game. It's I need this so game. fun. It's like so detailed. Like every <laughs> different type of like truck, tractor, um, like fertilizer system, everything, like water systems, and you can buy like different barns, and you can buy animals. I'm looking at Farming Simulator 16, 18, 20. I played 19. Okay. Like There's a new uh, one. There's uh, Farming Simulator 22 out now. All right. This is out of control. All right. I'm going to have to check this out. Okay. So let's talk about your dog, Tesla. Yes, um, my dog. First of all, it's the coolest name for a dog, Tesla. And you're a big fan of Nikolai Tesla. I am. So how did you get into Tesla? Because other than the people just know the car. You know, they don't know the inventor. Uh, very much and I just wonder like how were you first introduced to him um I don't remember how I first heard of him but it was a long long time ago and I remember in like ninth grade I think I tried um building a Tesla coil with my brother 
you know, we're both like big on science stuff. Just the more I, I learned about him, the more I read, the more interested I became. I think learning about Tesla was my first like big red pill introduction into the world of corruption that we live in because everything he went through with Edison mm-hmm. and that's that stuff is crazy and Tesla has something to do with the Titanic. One of the people who died. Okay. Was his- I'm so glad that you segued into this because I was looking forward to this podcast so that you could share your theory about the sinking of the Titanic. And was this a complete accident in the North Atlantic? Or was there more behind this? Please, Zay, go, tell us. Oh my gosh. Okay, there's so many details that would take up way too much time to mention all of them. (laughs) The Titanic and its sinking was not an accident. Absolutely not. And the ship that sank was actually not the Titanic. It was the Titanic's sister ship, the Olympic. It was switched, like everything, to the tiniest detail, like the dinner plates and stuff, all switched. J.P. Morgan sank the Titanic for two reasons. One, to kill some of the people on board, which were the some of the wealthiest men like in the world. And they were all opposed to the creation of the Federal Reserve. And by getting rid of them, J.P. Morgan was able to create the Federal Reserve. And also by sinking the sister ship, which had already taken on like a ton of damage and repairing it would cause the White Star Line, like the owner of the ships, to go bankrupt. So by sinking... Um, the one that's already damaged, they committed insurance fraud and they were able to keep the company afloat. So they were killing like two birds with one stone. And Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm going to give you a little pushback here. Only because I am completely unfamiliar with this story and I can't wait to do my own research because I'm already fascinated. But did J.P. Morgan push the iceberg into the path of this ship? How does he... Convince a captain to ram a ship into an iceberg. Come on, help me out. It's it's not that hard. You just pay them handsomely. And um, all those people, like, what was it? Something like 1,500 people or something died. That was not mm. supposed to happen. There was supposed to be another ship that was going to come, like, save most of the people, but leave the other certain people to, like, die. Um the ship that was supposed to come save them, the radio operator fell asleep, didn't wake up, and just a lot of things were wonky. So I'm looking up your J.P. Morgan had the Titanic sunk theory, okay? And I find a Business Insider article, and the headline is Five Wild Conspiracy Theories Surrounding the Sinking of the Titanic, okay? One is the Titanic was marked by a controversial secret message. I don't know what that is. Pope Pius the uh, uh, 10th is pictured. The Titanic was doomed due to a mummy's curse. Oh, that'll oh be fun. Uh, the ship was attacked by a U-boat. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, the Titanic never sank. I think that's yours, right? I mean, um, part of it, yeah. Yeah, let's see here. And then, uh, oh, no, here's yours. J.P. Morgan was behind the whole thing. Oh my goodness! This is going to be fun to read this. So, so you you believe this this uh, this theory that J.P. Morgan is the one who who is behind the sinking of the Titanic? Yeah, absolutely. Backed by the Rockefellers, and get mm. this, um, it was like right before <laughs> the ship set sail. J.P. Okay. Morgan canceled his trip because he was supposed to be on the ship. He canceled at the last minute, and literally. About one hour before the ship set sail, he had a bunch of bronze statues removed from the ship. Like, he had bronze statues on it, and he had them removed. And a Vanderbilt canceled his trip at the last minute. The Hershey's, like, the owner of, founder of Hershey's Chocolates, they canceled their trip. So isn't that pretty suspicious? And everyone who canceled were friends of J.P. Morgan. Wow, I have literally never heard of a conspiracy theory around the Titanic sinking. So thank you for enlightening me. I look forward to reading up on it. There is a conspiracy theory out there that I am 
prone to give credence to, and that is that Hitler got out of Berlin and ended up in South America. There's even further suggestion that he lived out his days posing as a Catholic priest that went by the name of Father Crespi. And uh, there's some interesting details around Father Crespi that people might want to look up if they have their curiosity peaked here. So very interesting. I had no idea this theory existed. I had even less of an idea that you subscribe to this. Thanks for uh, giving me something to read here. I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to uh, doing so my own research. Oh yeah, it's so interesting. There's so much stuff about it. It's so cool. How does Tesla fit into this though? The wealthiest man on the ship who died, uh, John Jacob Astor, he was mm-hmm. very opposed to the Federal Reserve, like the creation of it. So it was very important to kill him off. He was Nikola Tesla's biggest investor. And it was like a year before he died, uh, they were working on a special aircraft. Mm. And I'm just thinking, I I don't think it was like a regular aircraft, like a plane or something. Because there's a lot of talk about um, Tesla messing with some quantum stuff and time travel so I think they may have been doing something with that. Wow. Oh, I love this. So, Zay, this is awesome. I know, right? And get this. When John Jacob Astor died, that means that all the money he was giving <laughs> Tesla was cut off and whatever they were working on was seized. Okay. No. Okay. Ugh, there's just too many angles here. Hang on a second. So is Jacob Astor killed because of the Federal Reserve or his connection to Tesla or both? Probably both, but... I guess mainly the Federal Reserve, because look at the mess we're in now. If the Federal Reserve was not created, things would be a lot different. Okay, as you're telling this story, there are two books that come to mind, and I don't know if you are familiar with either of them, both of them, but this literally sounds like a combination of Atlas Shrugged and... Captains and the Kings. I swear, how many times is Captains and the Kings going to come up on this podcast? But read both of those books and get back to me and tell me if what you're telling me doesn't sound like both of those books combined into one story. The sinking of the Titanic. Crazy. You do not strike me. Granted, I don't know your musical taste, but you don't seem like you would be in the demo uh, that would like classic rock Really? As their favorite musical genre. What do I look like I would listen to? I don't know, but a 27-year-old female whose favorite musical genre is classic rock? Come on. That, that's, that's, that's not normal. I mean, it's cool. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying that does not seem like the, the demographic that would be rocking out to you know the 70s. Yeah, I love classic rock. You know, late 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. That's also what inspired my current hairstyle with, you know, the bangs and stuff. I I just love, you know, the aesthetic. Okay. Um, I love this answer. Favorite book that you've read and you wrote Twilight. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. What's that about? Uh, it is basically a very handy book about persuasion and negotiation. Oh, wow. Have you it's used like, those tactics uh, to your benefit then? Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Hmm. And I highly, highly recommend that book to everyone. Because it, <laughs> okay. it helps with like just normal daily conversations. It helps when you're, you know, doing some business. Mm-hmm. It helps with everything. Like even something as simple as um, trying to convince someone to... Go to your favorite restaurant. This The word manipulative is actually coming to mind as you're telling us about this book. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't call it manipulation. Okay. Okay, good. Nancy Drew. You're big into Nancy Drew books? That's what you read to turn your brain off at night? It's time to go to bed? <laughs> yeah, I love Nancy Drew. I've always loved Nancy Drew. The books, okay. and <laughs> they have really good computer games. Oh. It sounds super lame, but it's it's a lot of fun. Wait, there's Nancy Drew computer games. Yes. So when I ask about apps, you list um, My Little uh, Terrarium, 
so what you put like animals oh my gosh this oh my gosh okay this is making me sound like a complete nerd (laughs) (laughs) hey you answered the question (laughs) yeah the terrarium map is so cute and it's so fun okay i'll just leave it at that then all right whatever um let's circle back to titanic talk if we can please because your brother made you a painting um, yeah. that was inspired by the Titanic. <laughs> but why is it titled O-I-T-A-N-I-C? Yeah, it's the Oitanic. Um Oitanic. My brother was really into painting for a little while. Uh-huh. We were in the same room together. I was like watching TV or something while he was painting. And he's like, hey, what should I paint? So I'm like, um, paint the Titanic. And so he was painting it and it <laughs> it came out pretty bad. It's like a bad painting with like ugly stick figures on it. And I looked at it. I'm like, that does not look like the Titanic. And he's like, well, okay, then it's the Oitanic. And that's just how it got its name. And that's how it got its name. And it's one of your five most prized possessions. It is. It is. It's very <laughs> special. Okay. Let's see. Your Birkenstocks. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, a, a nautical sweater your grandma bought in the 70s then gave it to your mom who gave it to you. That's cool. Oh, yeah. That is my favorite sweater. It's in perfect condition to this day? Yeah. It's it's like the sweater just broke the time-space continuum. It, <laughs> I don't know how it's possible for it to be in literal perfect condition. It looks like it was bought yesterday. There's like That's not cool. even the tiniest... like imperfection on it it's like kind of magical okay but is it still in style though yes absolutely (laughs) it is timeless okay all right and your great-grandmother's engagement ring that's pretty cool yeah that's a good one there favorite comfort food it's not cannolis be more specific cannoli filling cannoli filling that is your comfort food (laughs) it it just tastes so good and um (laughs) There's this supermarket chain. Have you heard of Wegmans? Yeah, yeah. I used to live there. See, before my family moved to New Jersey to join me when we were moving from Charleston to New York to work for Glenn originally, I lived at Wegmans because of all their like... the best. Right. They had all these meals. You know, you could go. It was great food. I I wasn't cooking. I lived in a... I rented a room with a microwave. So I would spend so much time at Wegmans stocking up on meals that I would put in this little fridge and heat up. It was a sad existence. But Wegmans is really a great grocery store chain. It really is. Wegmans is awesome. And I'm sad because they used to have um, this like huge section of like bulk foods that you get with like a little scooper and you put into a bag and just like endless, endless, endless like bulk foods. And because of the stupid COVID stuff, they got rid of all of that. What? Yeah. Oh no. They had everything like candies, um, like different dried fruits and um, what else? Like loose tea and everything you could think of. And it was awesome. And I loved it so much. And then they got rid of it. And clearly it's not coming back. But what I was saying about the cannoli filling in Wegmans, Wegmans is the only place that I've found that sells just cannoli filling. I was going to ask you that, but I kind of felt dumb. I was like, I, I'm sure it's a thing. Don't follow up on that. But you're telling me it's really not a thing. And Wegmans is the one that comes through for you. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it anywhere else. So Wegmans is the real MVP. I love this. Uh, you saw Kate Upton in a bathroom. That's uh, yep. Okay, you awkwardly washed hands next to each other. Oh yeah, you didn't was... say anything. You didn't say no. hi or anything. <laughs> she, we like kind of smiled at each other and then just washed our hands in complete silence, <laughs> and it was really okay. weird. All right. I don't know Disney Channel references. I'm sorry, but um, there's some twins that I should probably know about, Dylan and Cole Sprouse, and uh, one of them you don't know which to this day just nonchalantly stepped over your body. What was your what were you doing on the floor of the library though at NYU? So the twins like um Dylan and Cole Sprouse, they went to NYU at the same time that I was there and okay. I was in the library one day. I was kind of like in the middle of the semester and I you know double majoring 
very stressed out, kind of having a meltdown. Wow. So I literally laid down on the floor in the library and one of them was had to like get past me. So while eating a bagel, I remember this, he was like eating a bagel as he just, just like very casually stepped over me. <laughs> and I don't know which one it was, but I will never ever forget that day. Cause it was just so weird. <laughs> well, all right. In their defense, you were laying on the floor of the library. Yeah, yeah. But at NYU, it's like not that weird. There was even one kid who lived in the library oh. for I think an entire semester. Oh wow! Either he didn't want to pay for a dorm, or like the dorm was full. But he, he like literally lived in the library. And then when, you know, the school found out about it, they kicked him out. Uh -huh. All right. We got to talk about um, your experience in the ocean uh, when you were younger in Turkey. You said that there were some weird fish that were like biting at your legs or something. And now to this day, you hate swimming when there's fish in the water. You know, I mean, that's where fish live. I don't know that you're going to get around that. Yeah. So <laughs> my mom keeps making fun of me about this. Well, not even making fun of me. She's just like, this is pathetic. Come on. But you literally live by the ocean in Florida now, if I'm not mistaken. I, this yeah, is I, I'm a thing you're going to have to deal with at, at some point, right? Okay, but but I've literally developed like a slight phobia of fish because of that situation. I was like six years old and we took like a little vacation somewhere. And the place we went to is famous for having these little fish that if you like get in the water and you sand, you, you don't move for a few seconds, these tiny little fish come up and like nibble your legs. <laughs> and as like a small child, it was traumatizing. It was so scary. I was like in the water and then these fish are just like attacking yeah. me. And- I gotcha, I gotcha. So now if I see fish, I. I, can't, I don't get in the water. I hate it. In the two plus decades since, have you had a similar experience where fish are nibbling at your legs? No. Then maybe you <laughs> should remember that the fish that you're referencing, that place where you were standing still, is known for that. Other places aren't. It probably isn't going to happen again. I would just say odds are it's not going to happen again. But I mean, I, I'm not... Anybody that's got a phobia, I can, I'm cool. I can relate. I've got my own fears. It's, I understand. But you're telling me that when you get into the water, your number one concern is not sharks or any kind of predator, but nibbling fish. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yep. Okay. Does not right. make any sense. No, no, no. It's cool. I'm just I'm just trying to get a lay of the land here. Tell us about your grandma. I know she's very special to you. Yeah, my grandmother, she passed away when I was in sixth grade. But my mom says that I'm like a carbon copy of her. She was like the craziest person ever. But like in a good way. She's uh -huh. just, she was um, so full of life and she was insanely gorgeous. Like everyone wow. was in love with her. She was so beautiful. She was so funny. And she lived and, in Turkey. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. She lived in Turkey. And one pretty funny memory I have of her, she loved aesthetics and she was a painter. So she loved just like painting and she would draw on my toys. Like she would take <laughs> my Barbies and like um, get rid of their eyes with nail polish remover and then like draw better eyes on them but they were better oh, according wow. to her. And then I would see it, I'm like, what is this? And she- So did you get upset about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she defaced she, your Barbies. <laughs> she would like paint on my shoes too. All right, she, tell me, did you guys get her some art supplies and maybe like a, I don't know, like an easel and some canvas Oh to, yeah, to she, paint she had all of those too. She would just like <laughs> paint. She she just wanted to paint like everything, and then uh, she was also very interested in hair. So she, mm. I remember one day, I think I was like I don't know, maybe eight. She literally chased me around the house because she wanted to give me highlights. Oh no! And I didn't want them. <laughs> Ultimately, she she got what she wanted, and she dyed my hair. <laughs>
All right, so let's talk about what, what color. What color did she dye it? Uh, it's like, just like it? blonde highlights. Okay, so what? What is the natural color of your hair? Um, it's like a very light brown. Okay, light brown, and then she did the blonde highlights. Okay. Yeah. So I I, I want to talk about your hair here in just a second. It's a very important part of your story. Oh yeah. Um. But first, I got to talk about this embarrassing moment where you drank three bottles of cold water really fast on an empty stomach, threw up in front of Whole Foods. Um, okay, was there a time limit on on the water's availability? Why why were you rushing through drinking bottles of water just out of curiosity? I was extremely hungover. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, well then that. All right, yeah, now the story makes sense. That detail wasn't I, in here. I did not have dinner, and then I went out, uh-huh. and then the next morning I didn't eat anything, and then okay. I went yeah. to Whole Foods, and then the parking lot, I was like, oh my God, I'm so thirsty. So <laughs> I I just chugged three bottles of very cold water, and okay. then I got out of the car, and I'm like, <laughs> as I'm walking in there, I just literally threw up straight water in front of Whole Foods. Oh. And I was thinking while it was happening, I'm like, this is really embarrassing. And I made up this whole thing in my head that if someone were to ask me, like, hey, are you okay? I was going to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm just pregnant. It's okay. Because I'm not going to tell oh. someone. Yeah, I'm, I'm so hungover that I'm throwing up water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Because, you know, a lady has, I'm sure more than just her, but there was like a radio contest to see how much water you could drink in a short period of time. And she literally internally drowned from drinking so much water so fast what yeah yeah it was uh how does that even happen i don't know how much water she drank but uh probably more than three bottles it was a hold your wee for a wee contest at a radio station um i think this is out in california they don't know how much water she consumed at least at the first writing of this story but um, one of the contestants drank drank five eight-ounce bottles of water and quit. That's it? Yeah. Now, that was the guy. He says he couldn't handle anymore. But, um, but, but then she kept drinking. He doesn't know how much she ended up consuming. This, this story that I'm reading, this happened in 2007. This, this was really early on. Um, in the process here of this story. So I'm just looking for a more updated version. The coroner ruled that her death was due to water intoxication. She just like flooded her body. It just, it sounds horrible. Uh, She was in pain. She was crying. My God, what way to die though. This is sad. The radio station lost uh, in court over this contest. Ah. You got to be careful when you're drinking that much water that fast, but... uh, Oh, yeah. uh, How did the pregnancy end up? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) um, Regrets. Um, You enjoyed your trip to Peru. I I love this. You ate a dish that you've never been able to replicate since you visited Peru. And that's your... That's a big regret of yours, is that you haven't been able to find a similar meal. Is that right? Well, my regret is not asking the chef for the recipe okay okay that's my regret because it was the most magical thing i've ever tasted it was so insanely good probably wouldn't give it to you though oh they offered they offered to give it to me but then i guess they forgot and i didn't follow up and then i forgot about it too and then afterwards i thought okay i could probably just like replicate this but no and what was it called it's called lomos Saltado? Lomo saltado, yeah. It's so good. What what I mean, explain what that is. Like chunks of beef with uh it has like this soy sauce with a little bit of vinegar and like mixed with red onions mm. and some tomatoes and then they serve it with rice and french mm. fries. Sounds simple enough, right? Yeah, and I thought mm. something mm. so simple would be extremely easy to create, but no. Just getting that perfect flavor has been impossible, and it makes me really sad. Well, um, you also regret not um, seeing more of New York City when you were going to college there, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you, can you imagine you're living in New York City during college? I was such a nerd that I basically lived in the library and I was always like studying and then I would go to sleep really early because I wanted to be well rested for my classes. And <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, I mean, right now I I'm not even allowed to go sit down at a restaurant in New York City or go to a yeah. bar. If I knew then, I would have, you know, gone out a lot more and explored and done stuff. And explain that. You're referring to the Vax Passport in oh, New yeah. York City and the fact the that you are not... completely illogical vaccine mandate that New York yeah. City has because of their communist mayor... <laughs> He's like actually a self-proclaimed Marxist-Leninist. So I don't know what else you would expect from someone like that. And now they extended that vaccine thing to five-year-olds. And so the city, um, as of this recording, is off limits to people like you and myself who refuse to get vaccinated. And, and who knows, by the time this podcast posts, who knows what else will be shut off from us in our society and and here we are and it's tragic that um and i t i've told my kids this for a year and a half now i said guys there's going to become a time when your world is going to get much much smaller now we are blessed to live in texas and we don't have those situations but there's so many people that that are facing that and in fact correct me if i'm wrong this caused you to decide because you were you were working remotely um as a writer out of new york is that right and then you decided uh, i've got to get to where there's freedom and that's why today you are living in florida is this is this right i was in new york city when like the quote unquote pandemic started it just felt suffocating there you know being stuck inside of a small apartment so I went to upstate New York. Gotcha. But I still had my apartment in Brooklyn, which really hurt because I had just renewed my lease. So oh. I was paying rent for an apartment oh. that sat empty for almost an entire year. New York City rent is not cheap. So that was very painful. And I couublt find anyone to sublet because no one wanted to be in the city. Everyone was moving out and no one was moving there. So there, mm -hmm. I couldn't find anyone. So I, yeah, my apartment was empty and I was paying for it and it really sucked. But anyway, yeah. yeah so I was in Binghamton because, you know, it's, it's a house, not an apartment. It's much mm -hmm. more comfortable there when everything's right. like shut down. And Binghamton became a staging ground. Like, okay, where am I going? Because I'm not going back to that city, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, but I couldn't really do anything until my lease ended because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be paying for two places. Right. But right. Once I got rid of my apartment, I thought, you know, since I'm never moving back to New York City, where can I go? And I thought Florida is probably a very good option because I had, I guess, I could call him an ex-boyfriend. This guy I see on and off for the past eight years, he recently moved to Florida and he kept talking about how awesome it is. So I thought, you know, <laughs> he's probably right. And then my uncle lives here and I thought, you know, I'll just move to Florida. And it has been the best decision I've ever made. Wow. That's great. Um, it's, it's like so you think you're going to be there state. for a while? Yeah, 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 and the the way things are going, mm -hmm. it looks like I'm going to be in Florida. Okay, so let's revisit the whole vaccine situation, because whereas I don't want the vaccine, I don't need it, I don't want it, I don't trust it, it's my personal choice, I have vaccines that I have taken in my life, but this is one that I have no use for. And I will never take it. And I have made that abundantly clear whenever asked. You have a much more personable reason 
for not wanting this vaccine. And you have experiences that I can't relate to with vaccines. Why don't you tell us, why aren't you getting this vaccine ever? Okay, well, story time. It all started <laughs> when I was in college and I went to you know the student health center for something. And while I was there, they basically told me I needed to get the HPV vaccine, Gardasil, or I would likely get cervical cancer. And they made it sound so scary. And mm. as a stupid college student, I was like, yeah, I should get it. And they told me nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. They gave me no information on any potential side effects, anything. And so it's a three shot thing. After the first one, I passed out and I thought nothing of it. And then after the second dose, like a day after, I started having like weird heart problems. And then my hair started falling out. And at that point, I still didn't make the connection. And then I saw so many doctors to try and figure out what was going on. No one suggested that it is from that shot that I just got. So I still went ahead and got the third one. And then after that, I developed insane blood pressure problems. There's this thing called POTS, which totally affects your blood pressure and your blood pressure can't regulate itself anymore. And it's, it's so crazy. And then I lost every single hair on my body, like on my head, eyebrows, eyelashes, nose hairs, um, mm. arms, legs, everything gone. Yeah. And at that point, things started clicking in my head. I'm like, wait, this isn't normal. Like this stuff doesn't just happen. And then we figured out that it is from Gardasil. But any doctor that I told this to said, wow, how dare you? How dare you even suggest this? Like this is life-saving. This is a life-saving vaccine. Like this is ridiculous. And then if you read up on Gardasil even a tiny bit, any protection it might offer is for like only a few strains of HPV. Um, mm. And the protection lasts like five years. So it's worthless. And then they're trying to give it to like nine-year-old kids. Imagine like a nine-year-old kid getting this. And then in five years, they're going to be 14. Most 14-year-olds are not sexually active. So it's totally useless. And they're being injected with this poison. And there's something very wonky about the clinical trials that Gardasil went through. Um, it was a very, very small trial that they did, very, very tiny, and they pumped the placebo group full of aluminum adjuvants and gave them a bunch of weird side effects to make Gardasil look safe. So they're saying, yeah, yeah, it's as safe as salt water. No, not when the salt water contains <laughs> aluminum. And so the placebo group got all messed up too. So it totally masked the side effects. And Gardasil was also fast-tracked to the market in six months. Sounds familiar, huh? Yes, it sure does. <laughs> it sure does. Oh, my goodness. You, you to this day, now, what are we, about eight years later? Is that about right? Yeah. Still have no hair, correct? Whatsoever. Well, little update, like the sun in Florida or something. Something here is treating me well because for the first time in eight years, I started having a little bit of hair growth. I mean, nothing remarkable. It's like if you were to count it, it's like maybe 15 hairs growing in one spot on my head. But it is better oh. than nothing. I mean, imagine the first time in eight years. It's a pretty big deal. I, I can imagine you would celebrate that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I and mean, when I showed my mom and my brother, we like all did a group <laughs> hug and we're like, yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet. How exciting. Wow. Okay. Well, I hope that that's a, a, a positive sign of, of things to come. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling healthier than I have in a long time. So at least things are looking up. Well, not to look too much into it, but, you know, if that, I'm sure that five-year time frame that has crossed your mind has hopefully crossed your mind in this respect as well, that, that's given you hope all this time to think that, well, maybe the effects will eventually wear off in that respect as well, huh? I mean, who knows? Who knows? But I've also been detoxing, like, hard, so maybe uh -huh. that's helping too. Well, that's exciting. I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm thrilled for you. 
quite frankly. And I really hope that that is a positive sign of what lies ahead for you in that respect. Well, um, I've got to, I've, I've got to ask you this though, your Amazon cart. Yes. This is fun. This is fun because when you originally sent the email, it was get this, of course, a bunch of jigsaw puzzles and a gallon bottle of Frank's (laughs) red hot. Yep. I mean, uh, wow. Uh, and now on the updated email, it's Himalayan salt lamp and a turntable. My goodness. What an eclectic Amazon shopping <laughs> cart you have. <laughs> right? Okay. Wait, a gallon of hot sauce? How, uh, how long does it take you to get through that? Okay, well, I'm happy to report that I am now in possession of the gallon <laughs> of Frank's Red Hot. Okay, uh, okay, good. <laughs> It doesn't take me that long to go through it. I love it so much. It's so tangy and I normally don't like spicy food, but uh-huh. just like the, the tangy, gentle spiciness of Frank's is so good. It's like I could drink it. Oh, just thinking about it makes my mouth water. All right, wait a second. Your track record on drinking large quantities of things is not good. So let's hold off on the hot sauce, could we? Okay, okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah, control myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, have we covered all the ground here? Is there anything that, that we've missed that, that you need to uh, to drop on us? I don't know. I think we covered it. Okay. All right. Just making sure there. You're on social media. Now, granted, you had a Twitter account that was very strangely removed from the face of the earth. Oh, yeah. Because they said that you were impersonating somebody else. And it was literally your account that they took from you. Yeah, and so I got accused of impersonating myself. That is that is unreal. And, and and every avenue you took to try to reclaim that right was was rebuffed by them, or what? What happened with that? Okay, so they nuked my account with no warning, and then they didn't tell me why. And then I reached out to them. I sent them an email saying what happened. And then I was told I was guilty of impersonating myself and that my ban was permanent. But then (laughs) I spammed them with a ton of emails being like, how can anyone impersonate themselves? Um, At least let me verify my identity. And after spamming them, they finally sent me an email back saying, okay, um, here's a link for you to upload a copy of your ID or your passport. So I uploaded a picture of my passport, which is like the ultimate ID, right? Right. And after that, after I sent them a copy of my passport, they responded one last time saying, okay, your suspension is completely permanent. What? This is like not you. Um, and <laughs> any any future emails that you send will, like no one will even look at it. Oh my gosh. So you yeah. must have felt like you were in the twilight zone, huh? Yeah, literally. I I was thinking, what? There's just no words to even describe that. And if they were getting rid of my account for, I don't know, spreading vaccine misinformation, it's not hard for them to say that. They just say, yeah, yeah right. harmful content. And I think we all know that that's exactly what it was. Oh, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that's how I first realized who you were was through your tweets about vaccines and information and your experience. And you know, that's exactly what that was, but you have a new account. Granted, you had thousands and thousands of followers and you like many before are having to rebuild. And hopefully this podcast will help in that respect. Um, Zainab Yenisei, did I say that right? Do, do, yes. do I win something? Yes, I got it. Zainep M. Yenise. That's Z E Y N E P M Y E N I S E Y. Zainep M. Yenise. That's your Twitter. Uh, yeah. Now on Instagram, are you still just Zainep Yenise? Yeah, yeah. On, on so Instagram, just take out take out the M, and then your website is. Uh, ZainabYunasay.com. Correct. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing your story and 
and your experience with vaccines. And I really hope that that those 15 hairs are the start of something big for you. <laughs> that would be awesome. Although it's got to have its benefits, right? Not having hair. I mean, oh, yeah. That, right? But, oh, but you yeah. wouldn't trade that. I'd definitely rather have my own hair, just like my own. And then I could yeah. get rid of whichever ones I don't like. But, you know, <laughs> not not having any hair. Yeah, it sucked yeah. at first, but it's it's actually kind of nice. Yeah. Well, it's nice until <laughs> someone says something mean about it. Then, then it just gets weird. Well. Uh, I went out with some guy about a month ago. And everything was going great. And he was cool. And, you know, we're talking. And then the topic of me losing my hair after getting Gardasil came up and he just looked really grossed out and he was like, oh, wow, that is a speed bump. And I'm like, excuse me? What do you mean? And he was like, well, what if this is something that's epigenetic and then if we have kids and this happens to them too. I'm like, I didn't do this to myself. It's like, this is not natural. This is not genetic. And yeah, needless to say, that was the person last date. Hey, that worked out though, that he, that he said that then and not down the road at some point, huh? You get, you get that guy out of the way quickly. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm glad we had that conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, keep us updated on your, um, on your journey. I will. uh, I'm excited to hear that, that news. So, um, I hope at least a a complete and full recovery, however long it takes. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you making time. And like I said, appreciate you uh, sharing, uh, the seriousness of what you've gone through. And I hope it does get better. But thank you so much uh, for making time today. Uh, Zainab Yenisei. Thank you for having me. Be sure to keep up with Zay. She's outspoken. She has a lot to say on multiple topics in this new post-2020 world that we're living in. And I uh, hope that you will uh, check out her stuff. Uh, Also, I hope you'll share this show. And uh, now we're at the 86 episodes of At The Mic. Wow. Just send that link out to whoever you think may need to hear some uh, unique conversations in their life, uh, just like the one you heard today. Uh, at themicshow.com is that link. At themicshow.com. Merchandise available over at, at themicshop.com. Just one letter different there. Hey, next week I sit down with an individual who's run for president of the United States. His name is Austin Peterson, and he has a story to tell. That's next week on At The Mic. Well, until then, please go be free, and thank you for listening. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to atthemicshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect.